Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap for this week's Open Championship. And joining me to break it all down, it's Kyle Porter, KP. Good afternoon, good evening, good night. I don't know. I don't even know what time it is right now. My my body clock is, uh, who, what was the body clock thing? Stanford football, like four years ago. My body clock is is Jack. It, it, it was a it was a lovely day though. It was wonderful. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed Open Championship golf. Um, it's been way too long, and it's just it's just so different. And it and I think it the nature of it just creates chaos and drama and all the all the things that we love. So I'm I I thought today was really really fun. There's so much great stuff to talk about that. Uh, Bryson flaming his club manufacturer doesn't <laughs> even come until after the break. <laughs> That was, I mean, yeah. We'll, we'll let's we'll save everything for for after afterward. Royal St. George's played two, one shot over par on Thursday in round one. However, probably the big storyline. Click that little split by wave button, Jacob, because the morning wave just yep. a hair over par, point two three strokes. The guys in the afternoon. A stroke and a half more difficult. They certainly got the worst end of the draw. Well, and and I think what's interesting here, I was looking at this graph earlier because I included this in, in my write-up on CBSSports.com, but it's really the front nine that flipped, right? The front nine got way more difficult, and the back nine was – it was a little more difficult. It wasn't crazy. But I think what else is interesting is the holes that were um, easy in the morning got easier in the afternoon. Yeah, 14. And the whole – <laughs> yeah, 14 and six, I think. Yeah, six. And then the holes, the holes that were harder in the morning, or the holes that were difficult in the morning got harder in the afternoon. So to me, that just says, you know, those six and 14 are probably downwind and the wind starts whipping a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely looking like early late is probably the good draw, unless, I don't know, it depends on. We could get something crazy on on Friday morning or whatever, but yeah, we could see the same thing on Friday. Now, now it's even, but as of but right now, yeah, you would think it would be early, early late. Mark brought this up in our group chat. If you shot, if you shot sixty nine in the afternoon, it's pretty good, right? That's that's equivalent to like a sixty seven, sixty eight in the morning. Correct. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you shot something really good in the afternoon, you made inroads, and it was a lot better than probably some of the things that guys shot um, in the morning wave. Did you notice that all of these guys were seemingly rolling their putts? Uh, they were leaving it short. Is that because yep. everything's just much, much slower? Because I think we've got the stimp at like a 10 because of the wind and the way that things can get exposed around here. So they have to kind of keep it in check. But almost every single putt that was missed seemingly was left two feet short. 
Yeah, Paul Casey was interesting on this too because he was talking about how the way that uh, I keep wanting to call it Burtdale, <laughs> the other royal, Royal St. George's, um, is set up, mitigates. He, he was basically like, if you have a great short game, it doesn't really matter because you can't, you almost can't navigate some of the bunkers. You can't really, the greens are slow. So it, it, it doesn't really allow you to kind of show off if, if your short game is great. So it becomes like a tee to green festival, which is great. Like that's how golf should be. And that's how major cha- championships certainly should be. But yeah, I mean, do you remember in, I think it was 15 at uh, St. Andrews when they cut it too short and Brooks was like cursing out the, uh, the RNA guy. Cause yeah. Cause he, uh, his ball was moving and he's like, I'm not, I, I, he used some language that I probably should not use on this podcast, but that, that's the whole deal. I mean, it, it, it just starts blowing so hard that you can't, um, if it's too short, it just becomes silly. And I think, I mean, do you like that? Are you okay with it being slower on the greens? Yeah. I, I, I don't really have a hard take. I don't really care for the most part. I just think it is different than what they're normally used to seeing. And you can see guys kind of struggling with it, but it makes complete sense. I think it's um, nine or 10 is completely exposed. I mean, if, if you had these things roll into a 13 and the wind starts to kick up, that's a situation that you do not, not want to get into. You just, you, yeah. whatever it takes to avoid that situation. I'm cool with. I thought it was a little, uh, it was a little soft, the the fairways and the greens. I, I wish they were a little firmer, and, and maybe they'll get there as the week wears on. But I, I was not. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't necessarily expect the lead to be six. And I'm. I'm. You know. Now I think it looks like if I don't, I don't know what data golf says, but ten under, maybe like a winning winning score or something around there. Yeah, they don't do the winning score yet until they're on they're on cut line score right now. So they switched to that on Saturday. So I don't know what the projected winning score is going to be yet, but I can tell you I, what the projected cut line is going to be. I just hope it bakes out a little bit because we saw some guys uh, reeling wedges back that you're like, eh, I don't know if I want to see that, you know, all week. I, I like it when it's kind of bouncing around a little bit more. And and look, it's Thursday. We saw this at Wingfoot, right, where it was. It was very soft. It was gettable, and then as the as the week wears on, you're like, okay, this is this is different. This is more like a, a major championship setup. Speaking of the lead, six under par, fifty two of the last sixty winners of the Open were at or within four shots of the lead after round one. So if that plays out, that gets us down to minus two, which unfortunately for Xander and Brooks. I guess they cannot win because they are at minus one. But do you do you buy do you buy these trends? Like I I don't. What I would like to know is how does that compare to every golf tournament on the face of the earth? Wouldn't most uh, winners come from the lead or within four shots after the first round? Yeah, I think that what what was the what was the exact number that you said? Fifty two of sixty. Fifty two of sixty. The one that I had was eight of ten open winners have been inside the top. 10 eight of the last 10 have been inside the top 10 after day one now that widens it or it doesn't widen it but it um actually it lessens it yeah that's only 18 guys yeah uh which that makes sense i mean look you've got the like the 18 top guys on this board and it includes speed who and morikawa and 
Fleetwood and I, I forgot who else was on there, but you're, you're not going to, you're not going to pass all those guys. You know, you might, you might pass some of them. Scheffler, Rose, Webb. How about Webb? Yeah. Webb. 66 in the afternoon. That was, that might've been the round of the day. He shot a 66. Actually, it might've been. Yeah. Because that would have been like five and a half shots better than the field that might be the round of the day oh no i guess louis six under yeah it's close they're six. basically they're basically the same louis no, like 5.7 i think louis well i think louis was six oh and sorry half, right yeah sorry my brain is mold, mold yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> listen i'm like i'm i'm like barely able to talk right now which sounds like i don't know i might add a stroke during the night i have no idea but uh yeah web was great um I just I think I think with this modern like the the modern depth of field and the quality of guys that you get inside the top ten after day one, not all of them are gonna are gonna fall off. Some of them are. Scheffler might miss the cut. Fleetwood might finish T forty. I don't know, but not not all of the quality like guys with staying power at the top of this board are gonna fall off. So it, it just it becomes a problem for guys like Rory who shoot even for guys like Bryson who are gonna who's gonna you know, potentially struggle to make the cut on Friday to to make any kind of move toward the top by the weekend. Let's talk about Louis. Uh, our friends over at William Hill have met plus four fifty to win the Open Championship. He's not the favorite. Uh, Jordan Spieth is four to one. We'll talk about him in a second. This is kind of a weird uh, a weird scorecard and some weird stats. First of all, we don't have any strokes gain data, so we have like fairways and greens, which we'll talk about. But uh, Wait, we Louis, do we do have strokes gained here. Oh, we've got. Total. Whole, that, that's hole by hole and total. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So he pars his first seven holes, then birdies eight, nine, and 10, birdies 13 and 14, as well as 16. He gets in bogey free. Now, let me let me read this off to you. He, he hit less fairways than field average. He hit a few more greens than field average, uh, but essentially putted the lights out is the way that the way that I read this. Yeah, I think the fairways thing's a little. I don't know. I, I you, you had a lot of guys that had balls roll out that it was a missed fairway, but it just it didn't. Re, I forgot who said it. It might have been Paul Casey again. That said it doesn't. It doesn't matter if you're in the first cut. It's it's kind of the same deal, you know. In in terms of, of being able to to try to get your you know pitch up to where you need to be on to to get a look at birdie. Uh, the problem was when you got just off the planet like Bryson, right? And that's where you get these yeah. weird lies and flyers and and all this different stuff. So I don't, I don't know. Everybody kept saying, "Oh, it's a, it's you got to drive it well. You got you do have to drive it well." But I don't know that fairways hit is necessarily the best. It's it's the only stat we have to go off <laughs> of right now. But I don't know that, especially because of how kind of thick the or how wide the first cut was that it is very representative of how well you know somebody like Ustase and I care more about the the greens and regulation right he pounded greens Stuart Singh pounded greens all these guys I think Speed hit a ton of greens you just I mean that's the way you have to score and and if you if you hit I mean Speed did this and Louis too if you hit these greens and regulation you can kind of make a run at the putts right it's not like a it's not like U.S. Open where you got to kind of baby it around a little bit because you don't want a three or four putt. You, you can take a rip at it if you're in the right spot, and uh, once you once you start rolling in that direction, it's it it you know it, it 
probably feels really confident with with how hard you're hitting some of those putts. In one of the most glaring, uh, glaringly positive reviews we've ever gotten of this podcast, Jordan Spieth said, and I quote, the eh, first cut is okay. <laughs> and it is okay here at Royal St. George's. Uh, Jordan Spieth, one shot back. William Hill has him as the favorite, four to one. He immediately goes out and bogeys his third hole of the day. And then, oh, mama, the warm and fuzzies because he made four birdies in a row from, from five through eight. He tacked on two more at 15 and 16. He had some great quotes after this mm. that I can that I can tee you up on, man. But this yeah. is um this is just Spieth being just peak Spieth, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, I, I think that he I think a lot of guys like he's just given himself over to um to loving Lynx golf and to accepting everything that goes along with it. And and the point that I made him in my I wrote about him after round one was that opens are so chaotic. It just always feels like there's a billion things going on as you're watching, as you're there, as you're playing, everything. And that's sort of mat that's like congruent with who Spieth is, right? He's got a million things going on in his head. And, and so it, it, it almost like it, that part of it makes sense that he can almost match the chaos of an open championship. And we saw it in 17 at Birddale, you know, when, when it takes 40 minutes to play the 13th hole. Um, so I, I think that part of it makes sense. And the other part is just he, I don't know, like you can just, you can hear it. There's, I don't have a staff for this. You can hear it in his voice. I was watching that Chronicles of a Champion Golfer uh, thing on on YouTube, and he just the way he talks about Lynx golf, it gets him out of like, oh, is my you know are my hands here? Is my is my body here? Like he just and he said this. You probably got the quote in front of you. He said this after his round. He's like, I just I just hit golf shots, and I don't know. If there's anybody better at just hitting creative, interesting. Like, I have to hit this shot right now, golf shots, than Jordan Speed. He was asked, uh, essentially, you're able to summon form even when you haven't been playing well into open championships. Why do you think that is? And he goes on a, a longer answer, but essentially he says, you get less swing-focused and more yeah. shot-focused over here because the second you take your brain off of what you're hitting, you may not find your ball. He goes on to say, instead of just a driving range shot in Palm Springs, there's always some shot you have to play that gives you a little bit of an advantage or a certain club selection based on whether you hit a fade or a draw. And then he ends it by saying, this is the great one. I guess to sum that up, there are a lot of external factors over here. And I think that external is where I need to be living. For sure. It for sure is where he needs to be living. And it's that's kind of what I'm aware. Very that's kind of what I mean about like the congruence of like, he can match the chaos of an open championship. Cause that's, what's going on inside of him all the time. And so it's not to him, it's not different. It's just meeting it externally instead of internally. And, uh, yeah, he's just, I don't know. It, it's such a different, some people were bringing this up on Twitter. It would be fun to see this more often throughout the year, because I think, I mean, you, him and Bryson playing together was perfect, right? Because the, the, the styles were so different and you can see why, and it's not always going to work. Like Bryson's going to beat him at opens in a handful of rounds, but Overall, Spieth is just going to be better than Bryson at Open Championships because of their styles. And, you know, not to go like full Nick Saban, but that's that's how golf was sort of created to be. That's how it was kind of meant to be. So it's just, I don't know, it's it's so much fun. 
and so interesting to watch him do that. And I think I think there's a real joy from him that you can that kind of seeps out, especially when he plays well. But that's always I mean, it seeped out at Bergdale, Carnoustie, even when he wasn't playing that great, but but played in the final pairing. I, I just I think he's so much fun to watch at this tournament. Justin Ray adds to the fever pitch and notes that uh, this is the third career opening round of 65 or better at a major championship for Jordan Spieth. The 2015 Masters, he shot a 64. The 2017 Open Championship, he shot a 65. He won both of those. So we shall see how this one plays out. Our friends over at William Hill again have him as the favorite 4-1 to one to win this event. Was today what you expected from him, or was he better than you expected? I think he was way better than I expected. I mean, I expe- like I thought if uh, again, you don't have to win a, an open championship on a Thursday. You don't have to. You can shoot two under par. If he was one or two under, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like he's in position, no big deal. This to go out and fire this and yeah. to have the quotes. And you're right. When when we got like the open mics or whatever, I just was like, wow, he loves this. So this yeah. was this was better than I thought. Well, and it had a real like, um, you know, you you kind of develop the soul of a tournament on on Thursday, Friday, and then it just kind of plays out on the weekend. And this had a real feel of like, hey, everything's going to orbit around me this week, and that doesn't mean he's going to win. You know, he might he might he might not finish in the top ten, but it had a real like, hey, I'm I'm the epicenter of this tournament this week, and that's how that's how this is going to go. And you know, the difference like he just he hit he had some putts that he didn't make at, at Augusta and, and uh, Kiowa. He just, he, I thought his speed and his, just everything was really good on the green. So I don't know. I, I think he is kind of the epicenter of this tournament until further notice until Louis shoots another 64 on Friday and, and takes it away from him. Yeah. Brian Harmon also one shot back. He, he ran out of the gate, birdied like four of his first five holes. That was crazy. <laughs> Just like, and of course, like, you know, he missed the cut last week. He was very popular in a lot of fantasy circles. And just to see him like, as I'm like laying on the couch in a stupor uh, to see him go out and just get well, red hot. I was like, this, this stinking guy. The, the, but it's, it's like such a day one major leaderboard, right? It's Andy Sullivan, it's Brian Harmon and it's Mackenzie Hughes. And you're like, yeah, this looks exactly like the first round of a major championship should look. And you've got all these like, you know, guys with staying power kind of sprinkled in throughout Kepka and Spieth and Fleetwood and whoever, but that that's just, I don't know. That's just kind of what happens on, on day one. Although he, he did end up finishing what T2 at the 17 us open at Aaron Hills Aaron to Brooks. Hills. Yeah, exactly. Um, Brooksy Brooks Kepka, a very, I don't know, eventful, uneventful day. It was a, a 69, one under par. He could not find uh, a fair way to save his life early in the round. Uh, he got it back together. He he stepped on 15T, or I guess you could even say stepped on 18T, two under, but he had a missed opportunity at 10. He basically drove the green, couldn't get up and down. And then he made a bogey on 18 where he probably shouldn't and he feels like he probably left at least two shots out there yeah i i actually thought now if he listen like if he keeps driving it like he did on thursday he 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 has no shot like he he can't win um but i it felt like he was kind of keeping his tournament together early every time i looked up he was just off you, you know yonder like 
yeah. next to the English Channel or whatever body of water is Suez Canal that runs through yeah. it or whatever they say. Yeah. That's the that's the fifteenth <laughs> hole or sixteenth hole, but uh, and he was just getting his ball back in play, and I thought he did a he actually did a really good job of that, and to be one under at the turn was kind of astonishing. So okay. if if he's able to find if he's able to 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 find his driver essentially then i think we'll look back at that front nine on on thursday and say that really kept him in it now if he doesn't then it did, it you know it's meaningless it didn't matter but that that was kind of my takeaway from him on on thursday yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, a couple of notables. You can take your pick here. Webb Simpson, uh, four under 66. Scotty Scheffler, three under, along with Colin Morikawa. And Justin Rose. Any any holes you want to pick at these? Uh, good for Webb. I mean, yeah. he, he's, he's you know, he, he gets kind of, I don't want to say penalized. The PGA Tour does not set up great for him from week to week. And so... You know, for him to go over and and uh, just strike it around that place, it's 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 cool. It's really cool. He hasn't played that great at opens, which I think is a little surprising because you would think that a place that didn't you don't really have to be like you know you don't have to carry it like three thirty off the tee to play well that 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 would benefit him. But he hadn't played that well at, at Open Championships, so I, I'm excited for him. I thought Morikawa was was really good and. It, you know, we we talked about this coming in, and you, you're kind of saying like, "Wait, why is he talking about how he can't get through the ball with his irons?" Uh, but and he and he addressed it afterwards. He said he he I, he I don't know adjusted something with his irons, and he feels a lot more confident striking it this week. Uh, for him, it's about like to me, it's about putting speed. And his putting speed was I don't know if you saw his putt on 18, but he he lagged it to. I don't know. It was like six inches. It was just, it was like, man, if you do that for the next three days, this is, he's going to be, he's going to be a tough guy. 40 to one, dude, 40 to one. And now he's what? 14, 16, 12, something around there. Here are the big debutantes. Um, Scotty Scheffler, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland. They're combined eight under par. Three under, three yeah. under, two under. Like, forget it. These guys don't care. <laughs> What's I, I know, and we talked about we talked about all three of those guys, and y'all were all hollering about Scotty Scheffler's ball fight. I'm like, I, I, didn't say I don't know. About he, <laughs> he just finishes in the top ten in major championships. Like that's just what he does. And uh, what, what's Morikawa's number now? Is it sixteen to one, fourteen? Our friends over at William Hill, sixteen. He's the, okay. he has the fourth. Uh, sorry, he is tied with Tommy Fleetwood for the third shortest odds. Spieth, Louis, huge gap to Tommy and Colin Morikawa. Can I change my best bet from John Rahm top ten to Colin Morikawa to win? Since I only had those two bets. <laughs> sure, we go like listen. We are going rogue in every situation on these things. Sure, I don't care. Switch it to whatever uh, you want. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Morikawa was you know to see to get like a Morikawa Spieth Ustazen Brooks weekend that'd, that'd be pretty sweet just give it to me all right here's what we've got we've got uh, bryson not only his <laughs> round but his post round we've got john rom we've got rory we've got some odds and ends we this we got a lot to get to but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. Bryson DeChambeau uh, played in that group with, it was what, Cam Smith and, no, Brandon Grace and Jordan Spieth because Brandon Grace has played with the eventual champion in each of the first two rounds of the last two opens. Yep. And Molinari and Shane Lowry. Spee's been asked about that like six times this week too, which is hilarious. Uh, someone tweeted at me, Grace should start charging a finder's fee for whoever he's paired with. <laughs> he's a headhunter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Bryson's in, in, in that group. Uh, Bogey's number one, makes the turn in two over, does get on a, a hot stretch between 12, 13, and 14 birdies, all three of those, but uh, he finishes with one over 71, and boy, was he all over the yard, and they weren't small misses, and you you alluded to this earlier. Um, they're big misses, and when you have big misses, there are literally situations. The, the on-course announcer is like, yeah, when he's standing over it, he can't see his ball. Which is a little a little alarming. I'm like, you think it's a little alarming? Yeah, that would be very troublesome. <laughs> yes, it is. I, so I've got a lot of different. We'll start here. I, Andy Johnson wrote a really good piece. People should go check it out on the fried egg, talking about how the the way to combat what Bryson does is not by basically doing what the USGA does at US Opens, and that's growing thick rough. That actually benefits him because when there's thick rough and he's as long as he is, and he can find it, he's able to get, and we've talked about this, he's able to yep. get the, the the 54 degree through there, and it just, it it it, it provides some, um, like he, he knows how that's going to play. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get at, at Royal St. George's, and it's wispy, and it's all over the place, and you're getting weird lies, and the ball's coming out bizarre, like that's, that's where it's, very problem, and we saw it. I mean, t- he was not only were his drives offline, but his approach shots from places that you're like, oh, he can probably like advance it up there. They were all over the place, and that's mm-hmm. what leads to bogeys. We saw him drive it wild a little bit at Wingfoot, but it didn't lead to bogeys because he knew how the yeah. ball was going to come out of there. It's and very so unpredictable. That, yes. Yes, yeah. and and that's what's that's part of the allure, I think, of an open championship, and I think that's what. I mean, it's just, it's such a problem for him because he can't, he he just, he loses his advantage. You know, he loses his competitive advantage in situations like that. I know, I know this is not a great stat, but the, he, he, he hit 28% of fairways on Thursday. Only two guys in the field hit less. One is Ryan Fox and the other, the best name in the entire open. No, believe it or not. Nicholas Pompleton. Oh yeah. Nicholas. Yeah, That's a good old great Nick. open name. Nikki Pops. Nikki Pops. Uh, can we talk about the, the Cobra thing? So here we go. So in his post-round interview, and I believe producer Jacob actually has the audio here. So oh, he, yes. he's getting asked about, I don't know what he's getting asked about, but he's talking about his driver. And Jacob, if you got it, run it. it down the middle of the fairway, that's great. But again, with the driver right now, the driver sucks. It's uh, not a good face for me, and we're still trying to figure out how to make it uh, good on the miss hits and uh, you know I'm living on the razor's edge like I've told people for a long time and you know when I did get it outside of the fairway uh, like in the first cut and whatnot I catch jumpers uh, out of there and I couldn't control my wedges so it's quite finicky for me because it's uh, a golf course that's that's pretty short and so when I hit driver up there and it doesn't necessarily go in the fairway it's right in the first cut or whatever or it's in, in the uh, uh, hay it's tough for me to get it out onto the green and control that 
but when it's in the middle of the fairway, like I had it on 18, I was able to hit a nice shot in there to 11 feet and almost made birdie. All right, that's courtesy of the Open on Twitter. Let's let's start there, okay? Just his reaction to the driver and the driver face. He is clearly not happy. I'm not sure I've heard many professional golfers uh, say their equipment sucks, but here we are. Yeah, it, it's just so it's just so weak. Like it's so weak. Like it, so so two things. Well, I'll start with this. One, we're trying to make the miss hits good. Like, don't miss hit it. Right. Like I, I what do, what do, what does that even mean? I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but it, it, it's just such a transfer of blame. It's yes. nonsense, you know? And then I, I just, um, the, the second thing about, uh, oh, what was I going to say about it? Um, well, while you think about that, the transfer of blame is that is his calling card. He does it all the time. Now I will in his defense, this is not that uncommon amongst elite athletes where they're trying to convince themselves that everything that they do is perfect and that, yeah. that they have this super high confidence and it's all these external factors that they can't control that are causing them issues. So I get that, but it is, it's almost exhausting at this point for it's, it's always everybody else's fault. And I think it yeah. might've might well, worn down the Cobra guys too. <laughs> and the, yeah, we'll get to that. But, but my second point was, the very last thing he said in his Tuesday press conference, Rick, was, I think I'm a great guy and I think I'm pretty humble as well, which that's, is that's what humble guys say. <laughs> that's always a tell. Right. But the very the very next time we talk to you is essentially you saying, hey, I'm not going to take the blame for this. It wasn't on me. It's on the dudes that make my driver. It's on the people that have been just grinding their asses off trying to trying to figure out how to how to make me 0.03% better and i'm going to i'm going to throw them under the bus like what that is that's that's like the epitome of of being the opposite of humble that that is just such a I don't know, man. It just it just comes off terribly. Like it's such a self-righteousness and self-centeredness and it's just it's just a bad look. Like it, even even if it is their fault, which I don't I don't I don't think anybody would say it is, like you're don't don't do that. Like especially when you just got done telling me how humble you are. Like this is your opportunity to go out there and prove it, right? And look, like I've said really stupid stuff and I I didn't have to live in the public spotlight when I was whatever he is, 27 years old, 26 years old. So all that with a grain of salt, but don't tell me how humble you are and then come out very first thing and be like, Oh, well, you know, I know I play terribly, but it's not really my fault at all. It's a really bad look. The, so, so <laughs> it doesn't end here because golf week um, got a quote from a Cobra rep. Now let me, let me read, let me read this. Uh, in, in, do we have it here? Okay. So, in part, everybody is bending over backwards. We've got multiple guys in R&D who are catting, which means they're just coming up with new designs, trying to improve this as, as fast as possible and trying to get that into the pipeline faster. He knows it. Speaking about Bryson, it's just really, really painful when he says something that stupid. This rep, which I'll name in a second, goes on to say he has never really been happy ever. Like it's very rare when he's happy 
Now he's in a place where he's swinging a five degree driver with 200 RPM of ball speed. Everybody look, everybody's looking for the magic bullet. Well, the magic bullet becomes harder and harder to find the faster you swing and the lower your loft gets. Then he caps it last thing by saying, quote, it's like an eight year old that gets mad at you. They might fly off the handle and say, I hate you. But then you go, whoa, no, you don't. Okay. First of all, I read that, Kyle, and I said, wow, this is a crazy anonymous quote that they got from some Cobra rep who is not willing to put their name on this. Nope. Ben Showman, who filled in for Bryson as his caddy at Rocket Mortgage, that's who said it and put his name on it. Well, and that's what I was texting texting with some guys, and and one of them was like, how bad does it have to be like in actuality behind the scenes for you to make this? Because you've kind of like... I mean, the the line in the sand is drawn, right? Like, I, I, it's the just... The cards are face up now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's really, like, crazy. Like, I, I, I'm with you. Whenever... I forgot who... T- I think No I Know Up retweeted it, and I kind of dove into the to the Golf League deal, which, great job by them for getting that. Um, and you're like, oh, this is... Wow. I, you don't see anonymous... You know, you don't you don't see really anybody give a quote like this and then and then the guy threw his name on it you're like oh my gosh like yeah. this is this is way worse than it, it's just you know i think you combine that with some of the tim tucker stuff of of him quitting or, or leaving bryson and going and doing his own thing and it's just it's not been a, a great couple of weeks for bryson and um you know i i think that there's there's obviously grace to be had um for anybody but you gotta, you gotta kind of own some stuff, right? Like you gotta, you, you gotta say, Hey, oh, that was my bad. And I, you just don't ever hear him say that. So it'd be cool if he did, it'd probably make some people around him feel better and, and, you know, feel at least like he cares. Um, but I, I don't know that we're going to get that. I imagine uh, that is not over. I imagine we're going to hear more about that in coming minutes hours days weeks i don't know what it's gonna be but we'll uh, we'll cover it when we do and we'll wrap with a couple other of uh big boppers here kp john rom the betting favorite shot a 71 on thursday he got himself into a little trouble in a in a pot bunker on number nine he made a double there he did close with a a birdie on 18 but for the most part uh, pretty uneventful not much momentum he was never under par at any point in this round yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to figure out some of this stuff because he wasn't, he honestly, he wasn't on TV a ton after, after the first, you know, five holes, we saw him on nine and then it's hard to marry what you're seeing with, without having the strokes gain data. Cause you're like, well, I think he didn't hit it that well, but I'm not positive. He might not have, he might not have put it that well. I didn't really see any of the back nine cause they didn't show him. I didn't see this coming. You know, I, I thought I thought the floor for him was what 68, 69, you know, some some under or around par, especially well, I guess he did play in the afternoon, but still I, I just thought I didn't think he had an over par round in him at at this tournament coming off the US and, and Scottish opens. So that that part was surprising to me. And now I have to trash my top ten bet. Well, I don't have to. He could he could still top ten. Yeah, I mean, if he shoots a sixty, I mean, he's going to go out in the morning tomorrow, right? On on Friday, and he's if he just shoots not, he's sixty six. He's just not going to win. I don't think. I don't. I don't think he can win from that spot. 
No. I mean, you can. It would be it would be very difficult. It's very unlikely that he wins, but he is certainly. We have seen guys pull these backdoor top tens, especially yeah. with his yeah. firepower all the time. Rory McIlroy. Speaking of pulling backdoor top tens, um, <laughs> <laughs> he did it. I, I was rejoicing. He he went out and he birdied the very first hole. And then he bogeyed five, six, and seven. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Come well, on. I, I almost <laughs> joked, like, you know how we do the thing where when guys start poorly, you're like, hey, when does so-and-so tee off? Yeah. He's, he started so hot that, that I was like, hey, when does, when does Major Rory tee off? Because he's been so bad in first rounds at Majors over the last few years. And he has that birdie put on two, and you're like, oh, my gosh, are we going to get – is this Rory Spieth week? And no, it's not. It's – it was uninspiring. You know, I was texting you guys about this. I, he just, and he battled. I mean, he shot a 70 and that's fine, but it was just so like he, and he does this every major. He just hits these wedges and, and even a couple of putts that you, it's just, it, it, it's just uninspiring. And that's a bummer because I watched his uh, Chronicles of Champion Golfer as well. And you're like, Damn, like when he is on, it is the best. It is the he he had those uh he eagled 16, eagled 18 on Saturday at Hoylake in the third round to kind of put it away. And you're like, oh, and that was when I first started covering this stuff. And I was just I was lost. Like I didn't really know what I was doing. Some people might say that's still true, but it's just so much fun when he is locked in like that. And he he just you kind of you want it for him, like you want to see it happen, and it just had even at the U.S. Open, like he played well, but he, it wasn't like okay, I know what I'm getting, I know that he's going to be awesome today, and it's going to take something Herculean to beat him. I haven't felt like that in a while with him. Yeah, I couldn't imagine the odds you could have gotten could have gotten on Roy McIlroy not winning a major championship in eight years in 2014. Is that how you feel watching him or do you feel differently? I feel, I think uninspired is a really good word. I feel like you see flashes and this is, this is kind of, this goes back a year, right? This goes back to like the, the restart is you see flashes of it and you're like, wow, when he's on, he's the best player in the world. It's not even close. And he just can't summon that long enough, whether it's, Three and a half rounds, two and a half rounds. He just he just can't summon it long enough. And unfortunately, when it's when it's like it looks worse when he's just a little bit off because you know <laughs> you know what he can do. So yeah. when he's like when he's like you know he hits a shot and he immediately starts chuckling or whatever. And you're like, ah, oh, there's another bad one. Like, I don't know, I don't. Know. Yeah, I mean that that's ex- it was what 16 where he hit the the I think it was like a gap wedge bone said on the par three and it's just not, I mean, it's the right distance, but it wasn't even close. It was like 40 feet out to the right. And he, he's, he's very inconsistent with, with um, like his play. Like he'll be awesome for three holes. Like first three holes, you're like, Oh my gosh, like, is he going to shoot a 63? And then he'll go six holes and you're like, is he going to make the cut? Like, it's just, it's very, it's very bumpy. It's very up and down, which is, it's frustrating. Cause you, you, you certainly want him in the mix because it's a ton of fun whenever he is. He's going off at 10.20 a.m. on Friday, which is uh, two, uh, no, 5.20 Eastern, I believe. Uh, 10.25. Uh, five hours yeah. from the East Coast? Yeah. 
eight hours so for me. Yeah. For, for my time to your time. Oh God. All right. Before we go to sleep, um, uh, a couple of quick things, Jacob, do we have that? Will Zalatoris? Oh spot? gosh. Don't show I, this. I don't know if we have Will Zalatoris had a, Jake, J- can I just say this? Jacob's producing today is world-class. He's got everything. He's producer Jacob. Yeah. He's feeling it. Right. Do we have it? I said, I seem to remember Shackelford tweeted it, right? Yeah. Did he get DMCA'd? No, efforting. Efforting. Okay. While Jacob looks for that, uh, it is a basically a one foot putt that I have never seen a worse stroke from a pro, maybe nor amateur. Uh, he instead of pulling the putter face, the putter head straight back, Kyle, he almost pulls it towards him. Here we go. Look at this. We're gonna run this. Oh my uh, god. He he it, it almost looks like he chunks it, which is impossible because it's it's I mean, oh my gosh. He like almost that, missed it. That move at the ball is like somebody in the comments was like, did he have a stroke like mid backswing? That's what it looks like. He almost entirely misses the ball. He pulls the putter head towards him, jerks it forward. It hits off dead off the toe and never sniffs the hole. He, he, bring, he only brought it back a half an inch. It was so strange. It was, it was, it was unbelievably bad. I, I mean, I somebody in uh, I think Kyle Robbins on Twitter was like I gasped out loud whenever I saw this. Uh, do you do you have any anything else before we get out of here? You want to chat? Uh, uh, I don't. I like so much happened. Yeah, a ton did happen. It was there was nothing that was like insane, you know, some, like a speed in seventeen at uh, on Sunday situation. Stuart Singh being out there is a lot of fun. I think it'd be yeah, crazy if we if we got two 48 plus year old winners at majors and neither one of them was Lee Westwood. That'd be that'd be tough to swallow. Do you like everybody going know. off one all day long? Oh, I, I love it. It's awesome. Multiple people brought that up, and um, I just I think it creates a and the, the RNA does a great job, like Augusta National, of spreading out the stars and not like bunching everybody together. Mm-hmm. And so you get these really interesting groups like, um, well, who, uh, Rory and Reed and Cam Smith, like that's a, that's, there's not, it's not like the three of the top five guys in the world, but it's, it's interesting and it's good. And it's 10 hours after Brooks Koepka teed off. So it just, it, I think it engenders interest throughout the day. Let's see tomorrow. Let's see who these early tea times are. Mm. Oh, we got time. Oh, you could sleep. I think you could sleep in. Let's see. Oh, can't let you don't worry about that one. Can I tell you what happened last night? Yeah. So I went to bed at 10 my time thinking I would get up at like 245 my time. Mm -hmm. And I woke up just no alarm at like 1150 and I couldn't go back. I just laid there for like it. And finally, I was like. I'm going to go watch Kokrak and Kepka just hack it around. And uh, it, it was, I'm feeling it right now. What was, how, do, how did you do it? What was your deal? So I had two naps yesterday. So I, I prepared, I tried to wean myself into this. So I napped at like a, a 1 p.m. and like 5 p.m. And then I went to sleep at, it would have been, so it started at 10.30 my time. So I went to bed at like 9.30 and woke up at like midnight. And then watched three or four hours 
fell asleep for like an hour, woke back up, and now I'm just, yeah. I took just I, surviving. I took a nap at 4 a.m. and then like 10 a.m. And I feel like I'm as long as I can get to bed in like you know two or three hours, I think I think I'm good for the rest of the week. Yeah, but the first day, the first the day, is, it's rough. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear about us complaining about watching golf all day. I don't know. They might. Uh, all right. That'll do it. We'll be back after round two, three, and four to break down the rest of the Open Championship. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob. A-plus job doing all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there, Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time. Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.